noise, noise. noise. Welcome to Sonosphere, the podcast that explores the sounds all around us and art and music movements through history. Today, we hear from composer Rachel Grimes. She talks to us about scoring the documentary called The Doctor from India. We'll also hear her talk about how she got started in music and some of her inspirations. Join us. We're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Chris. I'm Rachel Grimes, and I've lived my whole life in Kentucky. And I started making music very early on because there was a lot of music in my family. My dad played the piano, his mom and her mom and her mom, you know, and all my mom's family were in the choir, so lots of music. I just started listening and then playing by ear and eventually took piano lessons and was pretty natural to me, even young, at a young age, to just make up music too or to like interpret music that was on the radio and eventually I wanted to figure out how to write music and how to actually make it more than just a ephemeral moment that flies by but something I could come back to. So I went to college to get a degree in composition and I was in bands since high school so that was another way to create music with other people and anyway it's just been quite a journey since then so I'm still still on that journey trying to figure out how to write for various ensembles. They seem to be getting larger and larger, like orchestra or um, this current project I'm doing has, uh, I'm calling it a folk opera. It has strings and piano, a choir, harp, a narrator, and a film. (laughs) Can you tell us how you got involved with the documentary film, The Doctor from India? It was a a very wonderful, down-to-earth, natural way, and that is that the director came up to me at a... um, I was doing kind of an artist talk and music demonstration at a museum in New Jersey, and he came up to me and handed me a DVD of his previous project and said, I love your music, and I would love you to score my next film. (laughs) And so, as it turns out, he actually grew up in Louisville, and we had lunch a couple months later, and he brought me some footage that he had already shot. He'd shot most of the film by that point and had already placed some temp music with it and was really hoping to find somebody that would want to work with him to create you know, an atmosphere throughout the whole thing. He didn't really want to use a whole lot of different music. He wanted it to kind of have an identity with the film since it is so focused on this one beautiful person named Dr. Vassant Laud. You know, it's a very focused piece following his life's work, which is healing people through an integration of lots of different kinds of medicine and care, but centered around the ancient practice of Ayurveda. And he is from Pune, India, but 40 years ago, he established the Ayurveda Institute in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And so that has been a teaching school and also a place that services and healing practices can be learned and given to people. So he's just really expanded his field of care in, in his lifetime. He's in his 70s and 
still going strong, as it, as it would seem. <laughs> He's really, really inspirational. And I knew instantly that I loved the message of his loving kindness and his attitude about health and wellness, which is really fundamentally based on the idea that we are born as a unique person who has a unique balance and that as we go through life's experiences, we we find disharmony and imbalance through different bad practices or external elements and we get out of balance and usually um, we can put ourselves back in balance but sometimes we get kind of permanently out of balance with an illness or some some sort of addiction or other problem and and a lot of those things not everything of course but um, a lot of conditions that we humans suffer from can probably be be put back into balance through deeper awareness through a better balanced diet and a more of a harmonious way of life with our surroundings and our body and, and mind. And it sounds simple, but it isn't, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so anyway, he just immediately brings you in to, to his realm. So it was something I wanted to, to jump into. Seeing this footage and working on this film, did any of that practice have a profound impact on you that carried on into your normal life? Sure. And I think I was attracted to it because I felt that I needed more of it. Not that I knew exactly what that was, and I still don't exactly. I'm not like a big-time Ayurvedic practitioner, but I was immediately drawn to the idea that we do have the power individually to help to bring ourselves back into better balance on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis. And that's through our mind and body and listening to both of them in an active way and taking care of them in an active way. I think that diet, you know, is central to how we treat our bodies. And, you know, if we are eating in a balanced way that is a good fit for our general nature, then we feel good and we feel energized and we don't feel overly stimulated by our food or dragged down by it. It's kind of a long conversation, but you know, from what I understand about reading, now that I have read a lot more about how you can approach your diet to Ayurveda, you do need to really pay attention to kind of what the overall balance is of each meal or how you eat, how many times a day you eat, how much and of course, how much you're ingesting of other things that you're supposed to have in moderation, you know, sugar, salt, alcohol, whatever, you know, really spicy stuff. So it's very interesting. I mean, it's constantly on my mind and I feel like it was it was an area that I wanted, I was interested in already and, and did wanna spend more time in, so. Did it affect the way that you approach your music? Yeah, I feel like it's related, and especially for the soundtrack itself, because I was trying to find kind of an 
essential tone to what I felt like was the message of the documentary and also of his work. Something that is essentially eternal and peaceable and loving and can rise and fall in intensity or presence or clarity, but it's, it's always there, something that doesn't quite ever end, which is sort of abstract, and that's not exactly how, you know, things <laughs> fell out. I mean, there are 18 distinct pieces on the soundtrack recording anyway, and there's even more music than that in the, in the film. But I think that it has influenced me in, in terms of just, attuning my listening and my attention toward what it is that I am trying to do with the music. What is the music serving and how can the music be balanced and and, uh, serve whatever that goal is. Can you talk about the difference between composing for yourself in your own music to composing scores? Well, it's kind of different every time. It just depends on the circumstances. You know, if I'm making something that has come from my ideas, either because I'm improving at the piano or I'm just dreaming about some concept that I want to pursue or research more or whatever and make a piece from it, you know, that's just my own little daydream, right? (laughs) And then I'm trying to figure it out how I want to make that piece. It could be just a simple piano piece. It could be a multi-parted thing or something I want to experiment with in Pro Tools. But, um... You know, when someone else comes to me, they usually have, not always, but usually have some agenda or some piece of text or an idea or a painting or a play or, you know, a film or something that they want to kind of focus on, to have the music focus on or reflect on. And it's really fun because that way I don't, you know, something new is coming at me. I don't know what that is. And I get to explore that and respond to that. And in the case of this film, you know, it was... Um, largely finished. I mean, there were small editing details that were done, but the through line was there. The, you know, the, the content was there, and there's even a text for it to kind of get a feel for what the director wanted. And also, he's um, a composer and musician himself, so we Has the current climate in America, has that affected the way that you approach music? I think what I'm after most of the time that I'm working on a project is how to uh, present some aspect of, of my values, you know, and or of, to reflect on a project that I feel like re- that reveals something that I'm interested in. Uh, and as I said, in this case, like, just instantly this man and his um, loving kindness and his um, deep belief in himself to be able to help heal others and help them heal themselves was so powerful. I just felt that was something that, you know, um, I wanted to respond to musically to support that idea and to say that, yes, love is very powerful and, you know, that medicine can be a very human-to-human exchange that is beyond you know, our simple understanding of a doctor-patient relationship. And it may involve spirituality. It may involve, 
you know, a practice that that an individual has for themselves on a day-to-day basis, whether or not they're visiting the doctor. You know, it's it's a bigger idea. Health is a bigger idea than just going to the doctor when you don't feel good. <laughs> um, so that's like a value system thing, I guess. And um, as far as the current, you know, political sort of sort of civil war that is going on in our country i i think that the most powerful thing we can each do is to to responsibly pay attention to what we know about what is going on and to um continue to stand by our own um you know moral code and beliefs even when the the rage or frustration is pretty great and to continue to be a witness and to listen and to um, reflect on what we continue to want to see in the world. You know, and I think that's pretty hard to not be overreactive and angry um, some of the time, but I don't think that's healthy for our world, you know, and um, we we want to try to, I want to try to, to put forth projects that help others feel something positive or feel help them to reflect on their emotions or learn about a story that is um, exciting or interesting to them in some way that that contributes positively uh, and I don't think that everything is you know everything can be um, sunshine positive but I think um, you know there's all kinds of ways we can uh, support our own moral beliefs through our daily small daily actions, you know, so. You mentioned spirituality affecting health. Do you believe that that's something that's missing from our healthcare system, our health in general? The fact that people's morals tend to sway based on a day-to-day thing on what they hear or see? Yes, I do. And it was one of the things I didn't quite know um, uh, specifically that I was going to think about a lot more having worked on this project. But one of the fundamentals that Dr. Laud talks about in the documentary is that we, as individuals, we have so much choice every day about what we do with our time and our energy and our attention. And if we continue to pollute our bodies and our minds with things that we know are not healthy, then I don't know how we can be surprised if we're unhealthy or miserable, you know? And um, that, that part, of, uh, part of our individual responsibilities is about what we, how we conduct our own, this body that we're in in the world, how we take care of it, you know? Do we, do we allow, you know, enough time for rest and sleep and good nutrition? Or are we just constantly bombarding our body with more demands and 
too much caffeine and too much alcohol and too much fat and, you know, too much processed food that basically just racks your whole, you know, chemical system in your body and it stresses it out and it wears it out and you either, you know, you have some, probably some negative side effect from overdoing it on any of those levels or if you're doing them all all the time, not to mention what you put in your mind and your sort of emotional sphere by being over overstimulated in whatever ways, you know, by too much stress, working too hard, too much social media, <laughs> um, which is something that I think, you know, is really pervasive. And I, I don't, um, I think our society is just not catching up with all the implications of, of how, how that's affecting our health. Where are you all located? We're based out of Memphis. Wonderful. Oh, gosh. Well, it's a big day for Memphis. It's a heartbreaking anniversary today, and it's a hard thing to think about. I've spent a lot of my adult life thinking if he had not been murdered, he could have been our president. You know, at this point, he, I guess, would be a little bit old, but, um, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, I was like, you know, he could still be so active and had had really changed, could have changed even more the direction of so much of what's happened in our country. But he still did with his work and his legacy, but it is still such a crime and a loss. This has been an independent production of Sonosphere, produced by Amy S. and Chris Williams. Check us out at sonospherepodcast.com. Subscribe on iTunes and check us out on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.